In the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask you for pardon of my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. <clears throat> With the permission of our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, while you might realize that we are in the middle of a week of three feast days of Our Lady, all actually with a kind of common theme. Uh, so we began on Monday with the Assumption of Our Lady into Heaven. Today we're celebrating Our Lady of Knock, Queen of Ireland. And then next Monday, seven days after the Feast of the Assumption, we celebrate the kind of continuation of that feast, which is the coronation of Our Lady. So it's a very special week. You know, not many weeks in the year do you have three uh, nice feast days of Our Lady like that. And they all do have this um, relationship to each other. Obviously, the Assumption and the Coronation, they are uh, the fourth and fifth glorious mysteries of the Rosary. So they, they go together, Our Lady, is brought to heaven where you, Lord, with your Father and the Holy Spirit, then crown her Queen of all of creation. Different titles, Queen or Empress. But essentially that in a certain sense, in some way, Our Lady is Queen of everything. And that's not just nice poetry and so on. Uh, I don't think we would have a feast dedicated to the coronation of Our Lady. It was just kind of poetry and symbolic and so on. The Church is telling us, in all seriousness, that Our Lady is the Queen of all of creation. She has a unique, almost power, over all created things. So it's a, it's a great week, really. Um, and then today's feast, Our Lady of Knock. Our Lady appears in Knock, you, you know very well from the different being there or seeing pictures. Our Lady appears with a golden crown, very much the crown of a queen. And as far as I know, in fact, her the original, she actually appeared on the 22nd, if I'm not mistaken, and not today, but brought forward because of the Feast of the Coronation. But that is the day appearing a week after the Feast of the Assumption into Heaven as Queen. And we call her, of course, Queen of Ireland. It's a great, it's a great, um, it is a great week. And it's a great week for really thinking about Our Lady and, and, and thinking about my love for Our Lady and thinking about what you, Lord, want from me for your mother. Now, uh, rewinding a little bit to somebody who lived long before Our Lady was born, and that is uh, 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 the famous Greek philosopher Aristotle 
who is a great observer, he's a, probably the greatest observer of all kinds of things in nature, but especially in human nature. And there's one thing he observed about different societies and peoples that he, he saw, and that was that he said a society tends to produce the kind of men it honors. So in other words, the kind of people that we consider as a society to be the heroes, the, in one way or another, the kind of people that we put up on a pedestal, that we have, we honor them. Well then the, that society produces people like that, essentially. And I don't know that he explains how that happens, except that he and others do say, we human beings, men and women, young and old, are, he uses the word, mimetic. We imitate. We are really imitative. We imitate one another, we imitate our parents without realizing it perfectly well, and we imitate our heroes. So that's probably how it happens, because we are these, without even being aware of it, we imitate our heroes. And so a society, uh, whatever the, the kind of heroes, or whoever it might be, I suppose in our society now, it's, well, for different, maybe types of people, different heroes, but they're kind of generally the kind of celebrities and the uh, football stars and the rock stars and film stars. They're, they're our kind of heroes. And we kind of, society, art society, we turn out people like that. We draw, and you and I, it might happen like that, harder for a priest, unless your superstar is a priest, uh, you dress like them, you talk like them, and you act like them, for better or for worse, often, unfortunately, for worse. But that's the way we are, we're kind of mimetic, we're imitative. And we're imitating, you and I, imitating unconsciously, or consciously, our heroes. I remember doing it as a kid, my hero was Ernie from Sesame Street, and I, I tried to laugh like him. Much to my dad's, drove him a bit crazy, uh, after kind of a week of Ernie laughter. I think he, he forbade me any more Ernie type laughter. But it was kind of, oh, he was my hero and I wanted to laugh like him. So that is the way we are. Now, whatever about those heroes, the church, of course, gives us real heroes. Even of late, in the last week, we have people like Maximilian Kolbe, Edith Stein, who are like, there's just no doubt, they are heroes. You, you could produce major Hollywood uh, blockbusters about the lives of those kind of people. Um, Pius X on next Sunday, another huge hero for different people, as well as different heroes. And Pius X will be a hero of mine, amazing priest, amazing bishop, amazing pope, delightful character, and very courageous and everything. But that's the, so the church is saying, well, whatever about, what about Hollywood stars or, or singers or, or actresses, whatever it is, uh, you know, for whatever about that. These are real heroes. Look at them, look at their lives. They're different ones. You can imitate different, different ones and then different things. But then of course the church then with Our Lady says, if we can, if this doesn't sound too flippant, with Our Lady we have a superhero. She's, she is in a, a dimension all of her own. Her level of heroicity is, is just completely above any of the saints. And even actually, what the church says, actually, even all of the saints put together. And, and this is something for us to think about. Just 
how incredible Our Lady is. And even with this idea of this week, you know, the Church solemnly celebrating her Assumption, which is defined, the Church always really held it, but defined, I think in 1954, the Church says solemnly, Our Lady was assumed into heaven and, uh, and crowned. And, and so the Church has been saying, you know, Our Lady is really serious. Her, her level of being a hero is so serious. Now, then, so the Church is bringing Our Lady before us, especially, well, in feasts like this week. But it's bringing before us so that we, we really look at her. This, um, the Church is saying to us, as, as actually St. John, remember St. John, who writes about Our, our, our Lady. Okay, St. John, I suppose, knew Our Lady better than any, any saint ever could, because you, Jesus, gave him the job of looking after her in a very special way, being especially close to her. But you remember that his, what he describes as a vision of the woman clothed in the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. This, which we often see in paintings, of Our Lady, the, the, the woman of the, of the Book of Revelation, or the woman of the Apocalypse. And like, he just says, which is really quite something, the sun, the sun, which a lot of people worship, and I suppose we worship a little bit, uh, the sun is just her, her, her mantle. The moon, just her footstool. The stars, her crown. In other words, she's, she, all, all of creation, she's just there being like an adornment for Lady. He couldn't, and when he says it, of course, it's the Holy Spirit telling us that he would never say that about anybody else. He'd never say it about John the Baptist or any of the saints, not even remotely. He wouldn't say it about any of the angels. Again, not remotely. But St. John has no problem saying this about Our Lady, that, she, that the sun is just her mantle. You know, it's her kind of relationship with the creation. It's all there, just like little decorations. You see it in Guadalupe, Our Lady of Guadalupe. Also, same kind of thing. That it's, it's just, she is so, 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 I suppose, the, the, the queen of all of creation. The way somebody else also describes the, the assumption that Our Lady was carried up to, into heaven. She's the mother and queen of all creation. In her glorified body, together with the risen Christ, part of creation has reached the fullness of its beauty. Very interesting. That Inner Lady, we see it and we try, and the artists have tried for the last 2,000 years, and some of them very successfully, to portray the beauty of Our Lady. Even though, was it St. Bernadette, who when the artists were doing their best to portray Our Lady of Lourdes, she was very disappointed. She had nothing, it looks nothing like her. You know, you just can't capture the beauty of Our, of our Lady. And so the, the, the artist even, I think it was doing Our Lady of Lourdes, she, she was saying, no, doesn't, doesn't capture her at all. So, but, but it's a lovely phrase, this idea that part of creation in Our Lady has reached the fullness of its beauty, as it should be. And her body is, has been brought into heaven, and it, is, it has reached its pinnacle. Creation, part of creation, no other part of creation has reached its pinnacle except in Our Lady and in, in you, Lord, in the humanity of Christ. It's really quite something. 
That's the assumption. And then next Monday, even though it's not a huge feast, next Monday, the coronation of Our Lady. But you can kind of imagine it. I don't know if you saw the, the Queen on Netflix. Not that I should be advertising Netflix uh, series. But anyway, but the most famous scene in the Queen was the coronation of Queen Elizabeth. And they, they, it cost them a lot, apparently, to make that scene. They really did it very well. And it's very, it's very impressive, actually. And it's very beautiful. And they've got, I don't know what the new Zadok, the priest, maybe it is. Uh, they've got this wonderful music and everything. Put out all the stops. And you imagine, and even though it's really quite, you know, quite stunning, you know, it's only the palest, palest, palest reflection of what must have been the moment of the coronation of Our Lady in Heaven, when, when she arrives and, and, and is in some way, before all the angels and all those souls who are in heaven by that point, she is, God manifests to all of them. The, you could say, some of the glory, not all of it, I suppose, but some of the glory that belongs to Our Lady. So a coronation um, feast, or whatever you might call it. It's really quite something. And then, of course, Our Lady today, Queen of Ireland. So we're, we have a special place. Now, in this, however, thinking of this idea of being mimetic, of the fact that we, we do, whether we like it or not, we, we are imitative. And, and the Church kind of maybe just kind of knows that. We imitate those that, in some way, we see as heroes. Are, are held up to us. And so the Church then holds up Our Lady, and not even just the Church, but you, Lord, on, your, on the cross, when you're dying, with Saint Joseph beside you and, and Our Lady there. And, and you did say, Behold your mother, to Saint John. And the Church always sees that as actually not just John, John is the beloved disciple, but John is every Christian. He represents all of us. It's as if, Lord, we were there beside your cross and you looked down on me and you said to me or you, you said, behold your mother, look at your mother, that's your mother. But then it's, it's kind of nice that our Lord, the translation anyway, is, is behold. Because behold means this is or look at, to look at something. And, and so it's as if you Lord are giving us the instruction, look at Our Lady, look at her. Look at her with that kind of, you know, like, like a, maybe like a kid looks at his idol, or a girl looks at, you know, some of the pictures, there's one I saw the other day of four kids looking, seeing the Beatles actually for the first time, and, and they're just like in rapture. But the church is saying, well, whatever about the Beatles, you know, let's look at Our Lady, as if you'd order saying that to us. Look at Our Lady, behold her. Behold her because she's something to behold. And the church, well, and it does, I suppose it does very well, and it tries. Even though it's beautiful art, and, and, and the, the saints have written beautifully about Our Lady. And they're trying to say, look at her. You can never, you can never look at her enough. And many people have, saints even, have died looking at a picture of Our Lady. Saint Rosa Maria um, essentially died after and he wanted to die, he said, uh, when he saw the picture of Our Lady of Guadalupe. It was a painting of Our Lady Guadalupe giving a, ro a rose to Juan Diego, the little Indian saint. 
he said, I, that's the way I would like to die. And, and for sure enough, he died when he went into his, his room, Rome, uh, and, uh, and there's a picture on, of Our Lady on the wall, and he looked at the picture of Our Lady and, and collapsed. But, you know, seeing Our Lady. So it's a very nice thing, you know, to think of beholding Our Lady, looking at Our Lady. Look at her. Also, uh, we can imagine you, Lord Saint Just, to pick up her characteristics, to become more and more, either consciously or even subconsciously, like her. And you see, it's only just in, even in paintings, you know. Our artists sometimes, they, maybe, maybe in a particular way, sometimes uh, those who paint icons, which are very special kind of paintings. But, you know, looking, contemplating her, she kind of rubs off on us in her, whatever, her kindness, her humility, her love, her modesty, all these things that somehow that seems to rub off on us. In a sense, you think of, well, all those saints, maybe in a particular way, the women, Christian, Christian women. There has been something that um, was remarked on the early Romans. One of, them, one of the early Romans write about, about uh, uh, Romans commenting to each other, see what women there are amongst these Christians. In other words, they, there was something different about them, something quite different from the other Roman ladies. And not that the Roman ladies were, you know, awful or something, but just that the Christian women, there was something unique about these Christian women. And this is these pagan Romans, remarking that. See what women there are among. There's something, something really special here. And you can kind of imagine that in a certain sense, all, all the holy Christian women and the Christian saints, Edith Stein, um, Guadalupe Landathri, Girl of Opus Dei, and Teresa of Avila. In, in some ways, they all maybe take after a lady. There's something of a lady in, in all of them. That she is, or obviously, she's the model for every Christian, but perhaps in a, in a kind of special way for um, Christian women to look at her and say, well, she is the model. Each one, each one, each one imitating her in her own way, and 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 maybe Our Lady, Our Lady wanting us to receive certain different kind of charisms or different kind of characteristics according to our personality and our situation in life and our job and all that kind of thing. But that it would be kind of a nice thing that in a, in a special way, all Christian women. We can imagine you, Lord, wanting this in particular, would, would be like their mother, because Our Lady is the mother of us all, and, and mothers and daughters of a unique re relationship. And you can imagine, you know, the daughter should be like the mother, if the mother's decent, <laughs> maybe not otherwise. But the, even, but the mother should be, the, the daughter should want to take after her daughter, after her mother. You say, well, let's look at Our Lady, as you, Lord, ask us to. And, and, and just, again, some, I think just happens, but I'm looking at her, what does this mean? I mean, praying things like the rosary, um, going on a visit to a shrine of Our Lady, having a picture of Our Lady on our person, you know, our, in, our, in our phone, or in our wallet, or whatever it might be. And that she's just really there, again, in all the rooms and centers of Opus Dei. We're not, we're, it's not wall-to-wall -wall holy pictures, 
and sometimes that can be a bit over the top. But there will always be a little picture, a big picture, a little statue or something of Our Lady there. It's very nice. St. Rosemary had this custom, certainly for people of Opus Day, when you go into the room, you try to glance over at the picture of Our Lady, and when you're leaving the room, if you remember, sometimes it's hard to remember, when you're leaving, you, you, look, you glance over the picture of Our Lady as well, and, um, and you say goodbye. So, and then it doesn't have to be in a very, there was a priest here in Ireland who's gone to his reward, but Saint, when St. Rosemary visited here in 1959, uh, this priest, he was, uh, well, he was a layman then, but he was showing St. Rosemary around one of the centers. And when he would go into a room, he would make a big thing of looking at the picture of Our Lady, kind of showing St. Rosemary, look, I'm looking at Our Lady. And anyway, after about four or five rooms, St. Rosemary kind of tapped him on the shoulder and said, you do very well. <laughs> so he was kind of happy with him. But anyway, there's a nice thing that even those kind of things, behold your mother. We had asked Jesus, help us to, to do that, to really contemplate in that sense of looking at her, admiring her, uh, giving her the kind also of admiration that you have wanted, which you didn't want her to have maybe in this life. Or it seems that in a sense, Jesus, you shielded her lady. She got a lot of abuse, I suppose, for being your mother, especially the Passion. And you shielded her from maybe excessive praise in this life, but you don't want to shield her at all. There's no excessive. We can't really overdo it with Our, our Lady. Um, so our Lord will be saying, well, don't, don't, don't be afraid. And, and only good things can come from loving my mother. And that's why I instruct you, behold her, look at her. And what will happen, perhaps without you realizing it, just by doing that, you will become more and more like Our Lady. And really, we can't imagine anything better than that. So let's finish up on asking, well, asking Jesus here in, in, in the monstrance, asking him, well, to help us to really, to know how to, especially live these feasts, really to use them well, that they're there for, you want them there in the church for a very good reason. And because you're telling us, maybe in a special way, these days, behold my mother. I give you thanks, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you for help to put them into effect. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.